0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. At that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga. Our heated adventures over analyzing manga that we find interesting. My name is Sam, and this week we delved into the twisted body horror of Parasite by Hitoshi Iwaki, chapters 1 through 16. So, I hope you didn't have anything to eat recently and enjoy the show. No, never. Suspect a thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the franchise that we read this week. I've actually got something to say, which is an oddity. I first experienced Parasite the Maxim when the anime came out. I don't remember exactly when, but I was in college, so early 2010s. And, oh, wow, I was in college in the early 2010s. I feel old. (laughs) But, yes, I remember really liking the anime, uh, following it pretty closely. And then that thing happened where I catch up with something and I immediately lose track of it because I'm bad at keeping up with things as they come out. So uh, I believe the last episode I had seen was conveniently enough the end of this reading so uh that is my experience jacob how about you my experience is
1: actually funnily enough a direct inverse of how it normally works uh sam was like hey there's this anime called parasite you should watch it you'd like it yeah i'll do that and then i never did what is this bizarro episode Uh, well as long as matt and i agree it will officially be bizarro episode (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll start pointless nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Matt, how about you? Um, I remember seeing a couple of episodes of the anime *Parasite: The Maxim*, but uh, Sam, the manga is just called *Parasite*. So, uh, other than being pedantic mm. and informing Sam he's wrong, really nothing else to add. But hey, what else am I here for? <laughs> Look, if I'm not wrong, then then we really know it's a Bizarro episode.
0: And Jay?
3: Sure. So I have
0: uh, watched
3: Parasite the anime and really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's been my exposure.
1: You mean Parasite the Maxim?
0: Shut up. But yes, uh, we get into uh, the opening of this story, which uh, posits uh, the question of if there were half the number of humans how many fewer forests would burn so uh, uh that's that's how you know this is uh
3: a nihilist approach it's <laughs> very,
2: very on brand environmentalist message of like humanity mm-hmm. is a poison and someone somewhere wished for this to happen mm-hmm. it's it's
0: weird. We'll get into it as the story goes on. But uh, the, the I, this manga does a lot of like delineating the difference between wild animals and humans and uh, seeing where those lines blur. So I'm not entirely sure if this manga is as if, if it condemns humanity as thoroughly as it seems to in these opening pages.
1: The bit about, like, if humanity went away, the environment would be better is presented as the perspective of a character in the story, not mm. as the opinion of the n- narrative of the itself. itself.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, Jacob, it is... you need to understand that if you read something in a book, that means the book is advocating for it. Right, right.
1: Of course, we're on the Internet. But in reality land, uh, it, it is positing a question that will be explored over the course of the story rather
0: than making a definitive statement. And as these questions are being uh, posited, we see these little uh, kiwi fruit virus model looking things float down out of the sky. They look cre- like the they look like the dandelion seed puffs. They yeah. look like they look like dandelion seed puffs mixed with the with the egg that cell popped out of. <laughs>
3: you know You're that. not wrong.
0: <laughs> and from these emerge a, a, something that looks like it came out of Risk risker rain. These these little worm creatures with little drill noses.
3: Yeah, at first I thought Do they were Do not boop the snoot. Do not boop. Or well, they'll boop your snoot. Deep inside. <laughs>
2: so I, I don't know if anyone else noticed this or like felt this, but like the way they're designed and the fact that their entire anatomy is I don't know what's going on, but I got to get in that brain meat. I'm just like, this is really on brand with the Yerks from Animorphs.
3: You know, the Animorphs better than I do. Okay. Like Matt apparently is obsessed with Animorphs. It's kind of adorable.
2: No, I've I've just referenced it twice. That's not the same thing. In in the long list of personal failings that I have, not consuming any animorphs content is one of them. Gotcha. So, yeah, so that was the only thing I got was these are little brain slugs that go in and take care over their host for the alien invasion. And I'm like, hold on, when did this come out? And I'm like,
0: 1988.
2: Mm, that's uh, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> that's close,
0: but uh... close. Close enough for government work, really. And uh, we see these uh, little wormy, wormy boys. Uh, one crawls into the brain of a sleeping man uh, who gets a real Jinji looking ass face going as he is subsumed by the monster.
1: I gotta tell you, one thing that really struck me about Parasite was the the art is really, really simple. And, mm. like... At a, when I say at a glance, I mean if you're not focusing on it, like a literal glance, a lot of the characters seem to have samey faces. But when you're actually reading it, the level of expression detail and just how pretty the damn art is sometimes just really uh, stood out to me. Like the character designs are like very carefully done to all fit within a specific art style and yet still be wonderfully distinct.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things I really liked was the art style is not generic, but it's very by the books for a mm-hmm. manga. It it kind of almost gets close to like a how to draw manga book at times because it's that by the note of what a character should look like. It's very traditional is the mm-hmm. word I'd use to describe it. Except it, for when you have the k- k- gross body horror that's hyper detailed on top of. This very standard 1950s esque like, yeah, American comic book kind of deal.
0: Yeah, it it uses a lot of like, uh, hatched shadows to add definition to the faces that gives it this, this like realism that makes the weird body horror alien stuff feel more out of place, and it's really effective for the the visual horror aspect.
1: And I think another thing that's sort of important relative to that is um it only does a lot of the like hatch shading stuff when it's supposed to be something frightening. There's a fair amount of stuff that it can only really be called body horror but isn't really meant quite so much. it's not meant to be scary in a visceral way. it's unsettling it's I mean mostly it's referring to a particular character we've yet to meet, but um uh like it isn't done there that character is done very simply as well and it creates a contrast between uh a character will um meet uh later Miji I believe Miki Miki the distinction between Miki and well the other
0: parasites I call him righty because that's literally what a name means his name <laughs> yeah is is it's <laughs> But yes, uh, we meet our main character, uh, Shinichi, who uh, is uh, your average uh, high school boy. Uh, we you
1: he's c- your average angst ridden teenage boy.
3: He's actually not that angsty though.
0: He isn't. He he's a he's a normal dude. Uh, you can tell by his generic brand, his generic
2: band T shirts
0: that are always just like. <laughs> an adjective that describes the current scene. I was
2: about to say they're supposed to be banned t-shirts. I thought he just had a whole bunch of t-shirts for his emotions at the time. <laughs> I can only imagine, I can only imagine that they're supposed to be banned shirts. <laughs> they are, because- they are in English and I assume that wasn't translated. So it's supposed to be a little more subtler, but <laughs> just hmm. reading this, I'm going like, ah, yes, despair. <laughs> Like, the shirt he's wearing
0: as he is sleeping and the parasite is trying to take over his body, It, it his shirt says Dream and Vision.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, all of them are
1: pretentious enough to be band titles, so... Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, especially like a late 80s Japanese band? 100%, it's just a random English word, and
0: estrangement But Shinichi made the wise decision of doing what every teenager in the eighties did is uh fall asleep with the uh headphones for their walkman in uh meaning that the parasite could not go in through his ear so it tried to go in through his nose which uh made him sneeze wake up be like what the hell ah it's a snake uh but this is no mere snake as the uh creature in 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 an extremely disturbing series of panels uh drills into the like uh heel of his hand and starts wriggling up his arm mm-hmm. you
1: can see it under the skin
2: oh god that that just really gives me the heebie jeebies as it was, he's you know it's just crawling in his skin uh-huh <laughs> this will not heal this booty cannot heal uh but thinking quickly he uses
0: his headphone cord to tourniquet the arm off before it can go any higher
2: and then my favorite running gag in this manga is his parents running in and his dad just reacting the exact way you expect going like what's all this noise wait a second are you doing heroin <laughs> his
0: 80s sitcom dad He's even got the mustache. He
1: he instantly jumps to the, the most concerning real life conclusion. And then when the, an explanation is given and the mom is like, that doesn't add up. Something weird is going on. The dad's like, eh, nah, teenage boys will be teenage boys. Anyway, I'm going back to bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Honey, are we going to be concerned that we woke up to our child screaming, hallucinating and tying his arm as if he's doing drugs? I'm not dealing with it. i'm going to bed boys will be boys you see our young son is becoming a man so um not my responsibility time to enjoy retirement with my wife yes and uh shinichi goes
0: back to bed because uh, um my arm felt weird but now it's like it doesn't feel strange anymore it doesn't hurt so whatever i'll go to bed And uh, we are treated to a very unsettling scene as the man who uh, was parasitized through the ear is doing facial goofy expressions in the mirror as the family leaves.
3: Yeah, he's kind of like testing it out to see, you know, what the face can do and what it looks like. Because as we know, these things only have one one real directive, which
0: is got to get to those, got to get to that brain. Mm -hmm. Like it's a Calvin and Hobbes gag right up until he's right up until he eats the wife's head in one bite.
3: Yes.
2: To be fair, that is also a Calvin and Hobbes gag.
3: (laughs) They've done everything.
2: Uh, It's here where we are treated to the
0: the horror of the parasites as the head splits into this terrifying flesh flower of teeth and eye stalks. Before a snap, completely removing the head from the wife, splattering blood all about. Meanwhile, Shinichi, in uh, the classic Spider-Man maneuver, is having an average day in class and uses his uh, uh, as-of-yet-not-understood superpowers to completely outclass a bully. In this case, a teacher.
1: The teacher apparently has a uh, consistent
0: thing where he'll bean somebody with a piece of chalk. He, he was really good at darts in college. But Shinichi catches the chalk and, and uh, shatters it to powder without even thinking about it. Literally without even noticing.
1: He's confused why everybody's looking at him.
0: Hey, why did that girl uh, scream like I was molesting her? Because your, your right hand was grabbing her butt. No, it wasn't. Ah, my right hand has turned all rubbery.
2: hate it when that happens. Darn thing's got a mind of its own. Well, boys will be boys. (laughs) I mean, it's... This manga is a product of the 80s, and I kind of find (laughs) accidental hilarity in it for it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's one thing I can't help but notice. My dude's arm has, like... It's, like, three times longer than it should be and bending at an angle that shouldn't be possible. And his friend is just standing there like, Huh, your arm's kind of weird. Yes! Yes, it is! (laughs)
0: the level to which this manga uses just boys will be boys and nonsense to to pre- to prevent the sci-fi bullshit from being discovered
2: <laughs> well it's also kind of there is another scene with a crowd where there's a running theme in this manga that um the general populace will look for a logical explanation even if they have to stretch their own perception for it to be true
1: rationalize it away
2: <laughs> yeah yeah the
1: dresden files answer there is an element of like people's memory can be faulty and you can uh you can literally see things that aren't there via suggestion like there have been like studies done on that sort of thing where you can imagine something ridiculous and outlandish uh it's just the sort of conceit of the story is okay, but it's not actually fake. Like, like it's not actually mm. imagined. You did actually see that, and because the alternative is so daunting,
2: people just assume, you know, it had well, to like, have been a trick of the light. Cthulhu Mythos nonsense, too, is like, people don't want to believe something strange happened, and if they do, mm. it breaks them, so... Mm. yep
0: but this is where we're properly introduced to the parasite, the monster living in his hand, or that is his hand, as after his hand subconsciously beats the crap out of a whole bunch of uh, classic uh, Japanese punk high schoolers, uh, Shinichi runs home, runs upstairs, takes and is ready to take a knife to the hand when it splits open a toothy maw two of the fingers turn into eye stalks and it goes what a shame i'm right hand failure
1: yeah there had been a couple of cases where um shinichi had been hearing voices complaining about failure <laughs> and there is a there's another bit of a funny uh through line of shinichi
0: being like uh
1: oh you're a failure huh that kind of sucks <laughs> wait who was that <laughs>
0: And one of the panels that I found particular or the like uh, series of panels I found particularly effective was Shinichi sees his hand turn into this like (laughs) Cronenberg monster. And he like breaks out into laughter like, what what is this? (laughs) (laughs) And then next panel, super serious face, takes knife, goes to stab.
1: Well, how else do you react in that situation? You don't? I mean,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. The whole situation well, in, is just super bonkers.
2: In misery and confusion. Now, if only I had a t-shirt that expressed that emotion. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: here is where we get into the
0: uh kind of the routine of this manga after chapter one, where um Shinichi is now living with his new right hand the weird cartoon monster.
2: And yeah, this
0: is this is the body horror that doesn't
1: get detailed because there's a mundanity to it. Shinichi
0: just kind of accepts that, well, this is my life now, I guess. And uh that is interspersed with scenes uh sort of in like an X-Files way of like cutting to the the horror that is outside the scope of our main character uh particularly following the the guy that ate the wife's face uh this is couched in uh the news talking about the mincemeat murders which should really tell you how 80s this is
2: (laughs) i love how casual the news broadcasts are about this up until they reveal it's been happening all over the world (laughs) yeah that's a but they refer to it as if it's like a serial killing it's well like, i mean that's the
3: story that's been happening i think like locally they've been saying it's just a serial killer until it was realized that it was happening simultaneously or just randomly throughout the world and they're like is it a syndicate is it the mafia
1: is it some sort of demonic cult yeah they keep blaming
0: a crime syndicate the mm-hmm. bodies are covered in saliva and, like, the corpses that we see are pretty grisly, because it's just, like, the hands and feet connected by, like, weird, trippy bits. It's really bit.
3: accurate, because it literally looks like you were put through a blender or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, weird, drippy bits of, like, sinew and muscle.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's the, uh, there's the great uh, flesh blanket being hung out to dry with the rest of the clothes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is X-Files right there. It's like, oh, my neighbor left her laundry out. Oh, my God! Meanwhile, the right hand, uh, Migi, uh, has been spending the entire night that Shinichi was sleeping uh, reading uh, textbooks, as it has an insatiable thirst for knowledge, wanting to understand the world around it. Uh, Not out of any sort of, like, true curiosity, but out of a desire to uh, compile knowledge for better survivability. Because the only thing this being cares about is tomorrow. Can it survive?
1: Yeah, this is where we get one of the main through lines of the story of uh, why why would something value the survival of of anything else besides itself?
0: Mm -hmm. Because the parasites are, at, at least initially, they're extremely individualistic beings. Like, they literally cannot comprehend the idea of altruism of altruism, of the social animal, mm. of the idea that one being would help another.
3: Arguably, I have to say, this is almost makes them something different than even what we would consider the animal kingdom. Because think about how many feces within the animal kingdom have a collective mindset or social mm-hmm. mindset in some way.
0: Soci- Sociality is one of the most powerful adaptations in the natural world.
3: Yeah, it's not something that just makes you human. It's like their birds do it.
2: <laughs> do bees do it? I, never mind. It was a dumb joke. <laughs> well, Migi is interested about the birds and the bees. Yeah. We'll get to that. Uh <laughs> there is
1: there is a, a a sort of funny moment where I forget who it is, but one of the parasites is like, "I don't understand you mammals."
0: Yeah. Cuz it is it is
1: like um sociality is a really common mammal adaptation.
0: Yeah, um so Shinichi uh is trying to and th- this is great because it's this like moment of levity in this like X-Files twilight zone horror uh that gives a nice bit of contrast to the chaos that the chaos and madness and darkness that will ensue because we have Shinichi trying to live with his alien right hand uh up to the point where man's just tries to go to take a piss and Miki is like can you make your genitals erect for me i am interested in human reproduction
3: yes this very instance yes
0: <laughs> there there's two
2: other guys in the urinals uh nearby me look and i don't, don't i
3: don't flow that way
2: <laughs> as we determined the other parasites took over the brains and you know developed some other habits so obviously he just you know he took over the a right hand. hand. He took over a teenage boy's right hand. So, <laughs> <laughs> and one of the interesting,
0: uh, one of the fun ones uh, is uh, Shinichi has a uh, a girl that he's uh, sweet on in school. Um, her name doesn't come up too much, so I barely remember it, and I feel bad about that because she's a fairly pivotal character. <laughs> You'd say yeah, that. I think
3: he, I think he only she... says her name a handful of times
2: too, so it's just a... Mur- Murano. I, I'm I'm gonna be comp- completely honest. I'm very confused because she exists, but then two other women also equally exist in that space for some reason over the point of our reading. Dude, he literally is giving mm. off some crazy pheromones or something. I, if it gets revealed that his parasite was just like, mm, yes, I decided to crank up the pheromones because you horny. Mm. I'm like, you know what? Go for it. Go for <laughs> it, Miji. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the uh the hilarious moment
0: is uh shinichi's like are you hungry i'm hungry i'm extremely hungry i'm i'm eating for two right now let's go to mcdonald's so they go to mcdonald's and you know they're just chatting having a good time and uh it's and shinichi looks to the to his right and sees penis hand
1: which of course uh the um uh uh i don't remember her name either but she's with him at the time yeah
3: I mean, he knows what ladies like, apparently, or he's trying to guess. And yeah, and
1: I mean, circa, circa there being three characters that sort of function in the same role, they do they do approach that role from different angles.
0: I am confused,
2: Shinichi. You wish to mate with that female. Why do you not simply do so? Shinichi, <laughs> because that is rape. Right. <laughs> Shinichi, why don't you have game? i've been listening to a bunch of podcasts by someone called andrew tate i've got some cool no you shouldn't be studying that miji (laughs) (laughs) this is how Miji became an incel
0: speaking of uh natural instinct the parasites seem to be concerned primarily with uh eating and surviving and uh, here's where we learn uh, more of Migi's superpowers is uh, it can sense the brain waves of other parasites, a sort of radar to detect their presence. And uh, they follow this radar and find a dog with horrible xenomorph jaws, messily devouring another dog. Oh, I'm always I... for
1: there being dogs in our mangas, but this you know, one... I...
0: I say Xenomorph, but this is The Thing. Oh yeah, no, they're very strong The Thing vibes. Like, I saw that movie recently that's straight out of The Thing. (laughs) And, um, we have this very unsettling moment where they come across the scene. Shinichi freaks out. The the parasitized dog uh, is like, you failed, too. And starts talking with migi and then it's like okay so um they're both parasites i guess that means they have a sort of uh social bond right no no they are so hyper individual that they are survival of the fittest and the fittest means only one of them so uh the dog goes on the attack by growing weird flesh wings i
2: i think they've got some kind of natural reaction to if they see a parasite has failed to do the brain, mm-hmm. it then kills the failure. Mm-hmm. I, I think is there kind natural...
3: Of, like natural selection?
2: Cause they, well, they do seem to avoid other parasites. Like they do like hunting pattern kind of deals where they're like,
1: yeah, they, they avoid each other. I, I think especially considering the interactions that Shinichi and Miji have with other like, air quotes proper parasites later i think it's really more a a situation of because they're both failures they're both in theory desperate and therefore a threat to each other and that's why they immediately attack each other um whereas the like like fully evolved parasite at least one of which that we see later does not see niji or shinichi as a threat and therefore doesn't really care that they're there and doesn't try to pick a fight with them like i would kill you if we fought but i also don't want to risk injury to myself so we're just not gonna do that right so i think it's i think it's like a a risk mitigation Mm -hmm. kind of thing
3: is it be well the and this is clarified later on in the reading it's kind of like to what part point do they like pose a threat to each other because they cannot since they have already matured beyond the stage of being able to you know quote unquote be a successful parasite and you know be able to take over uh, a full brain or body or anything that you know it, it would kind of not i guess make sense for them to fight each other Especially since, you know, one is a dog, and as we learn later, they can only, like, cannibalize, eat other species within that bracket or whatever. Yeah, something that's
1: physically similar. Though, I mean, you know, the the most dangerous animal is a desperate one, so... Followed shortly by Stingrays, surprisingly. (laughs) What? Look it up. We get a brief fight scene between... Mostly Niji, let's be honest, and uh the dog parasite. We get displayed the abilities of the parasites, the I mean like we'd already seen the like body horror stuff, but like the big thing is they have uh they have blindingly fast speed and uh they love uh forming their bodies into blades of different persuasions.
3: Gotta the blades. They remind me kind of almost like Witchblade. It's another good series.
2: Yeah, they're very mall ninja with mm-hmm. how their blade design is. <laughs> You're not wrong,
1: but yeah, uh, Shinichi is is starting to get used to this. There's a couple of cases where Shinichi, uh, you know, starts to reach a breaking point. And is like, I'm just gonna tell someone, I'm gonna get my arm amputated. And uh, uh, Miji uh, is uh, quick to point out that, uh, well, if I'm going down, then I'll take you with me, <laughs> basically. Yeah. We are one game.
2: Shinichi, I have determined how to kill you in 17 different ways. But you're pretty cool, so don't go to school too much. (laughs) 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 I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Shinichi does
1: actually go to school. uh, As they're, like, as everybody's uh, filing towards school, um, Miji senses the presence of another parasite. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Whilst this is happening, he's talking with, uh, I really wish I could remember her name. This is sort of the point where, um, this is where you can start to see the delineation for what makes her character different from the other two women. Who somewhat fill the same role in that um, she understands Shinichi,
0: or at least who he was before the parasite showed up. She's a big um contributing factor to the future angst about uh Shinichi's change as a result of Migi being literally attached to him. You know, she's someone who not just knows him but actively understands him. Mm-hmm. And like what, one of the arc phrases of the uh series comes from her, which is you are Izumi Shinichi kun, right? And yeah, that's that's that something answered- that
2: The answer to that question is extremely complicated. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new asterisk added to the end of that answer every single time he does. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because in a lot of ways, as much as people are saying he's changed,
1: and granted, obviously, you spend functionally no time with Shinichi without the parasite, technically, but, like, the change... The change in his personality but for one major event really does seem to be more his own response to the idea that he's changing because like he considers that so much that that seems to be the thing that's sort of causing his personality to drift. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of interesting because because we meet him, like the only time that we spend with him technically without the parasite physically inside of him is a brief scuffle, and him being asleep. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: you know, like, how much did he really change, you know, might be a a reveal later that um, he really is that different. But he doesn't feel that different from an audience perspective until he starts,
0: like, considering, what should I be doing? Mm -hmm. Because, again, one of the major questions this manga poses is what, makes a human being different from any other wild animal and the answer is consistently a lot and a little (laughs) Mm -hmm. more than i thought less than you'd think a lot of shinichi's actions and motivations uh are based around attempting to prove migi wrong And also kind of attempting to prove... I I think her name's Murano, so I'm going to say that. (laughs) Attempting to prove Murano wrong, that he's changed. And try to be as human and as Shinichi as he thinks he can be. Specifically in contrast to the expectations of others. To, like, a self-destructive extent. Because, as Jake mentioned, uh, Miki detects another parasite in the school... Except this one isn't acting as violently as the one that they had, uh, as the two they had previously encountered, and instead is uh, blending in similar to how they are. And that is when they encounter uh, Ryoko, a parasite who has taken over the head of a teacher and has, not quite seamlessly, but more fluidly than most, integrated into society.
2: Oh, she's integrated all right. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. yes. See that's the th- see that's the thing. You <laughs> you say that it, like like alluding to the whole fact that um
3: they experimented with the sex.
0: They experimented with the sex,
2: but her- to, to be clear, I we should clarify: the teacher experimented with sex with another adult parasite. Yes, yes. You should have done the reading, but if you haven't. But if you to haven't... be clear, it it it's not going
0: in that direction. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But like her specific lack of understanding of societal norms and gender based expectations relating to that actually ends up blowing the cover because um, you know Ryoko like is acting like a normal teacher. Uh, you know, talk has a as a, you know, sort of villain chat with Shinichi where it's like, I know what you are. You know what I am. Uh, let's have a chat about this so that we uh, neither of us end up dying.
2: OK, man. Ryoko literally plays by vampire rules. I noticed. Actually, you're <laughs> right. Of- yeah, because she's like, hey, we're both predators. We're not going to like where we eat. But mm hmm. You don't touch my area, I don't touch yours, we live, we coexist, no one finds out what we are. Yeah,
0: and that's done via a very tense interaction in a Waffle House, basically.
3: Waitress, the waitress, like, overhears part of their conversation and flips out. She's like, oh, (laughs) I was gonna say the waitress goes to her boss
1: and is like, I don't like those people, do I have to serve that table?
2: (laughs) They're (laughs) weird! They can't possibly be that weird. Go get their drink order. Hey, I'm here for your drink order. So we've had sex, and now I'm pregnant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because uh, Ryoko has recruited, subjugated, uh, brought the parasite from chapter one, uh, the sort of like mindless one that took over that middle-aged man and ate the wife, uh, brought him into the fold, uh, calling him A, uh, because he does not have enough in um he's not so far above his instincts to develop like a personality mm-hmm. in fact it's kind of disingenuous for me to even refer to him with like individual pronouns <laughs> because literally all he cares about is killing threats and finding the next meal but as as matt said um a and ryoko did attempt copulation and uh she is cool. in fact pre <coughs> I was about to say attempted, they succeeded. Well, yeah, they succeeded.
1: succeeded. And and entirely because Ryoko was cur- uh, curious, you know, that is, that is something mm. that the various parasites tend to have, like, one particularly strong uh, personality trait. Um, Ryoko is one of the most complex ones, and, uh, like, she's literally just curious about how the world works.
0: So she did the thing. <laughs> yeah, she did the thing. And uh, ended up... You know, becoming pregnant from it, and so the question that all the parasites ask is, "Okay, this baby, what is it?" Well, we sensed its brain waves, and it's a, it's a human. It's just a normal human, vanilla standard.
1: Because one thing that they make clear is that the uh, internal organs of the uh, humans that get taken over are still like, like they're what sustain the parasite. It's the,
2: it's the head that tends to get all body horror-y. They're pretty clear that the parasites only take over a certain part. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't have more mass beyond when they're done growing. So, every- Which is kinda
3: weird, because basically this baby was made from two dead people.
2: Yeah, two dead people being parroted. Technically not dead, their bodies are being kept alive because their brains are pumping juices, but... Yeah. Ew. It's still weird. So weird.
0: About,
2: <laughs> it's so squeaky. And I kind of yep. love
0: it for that. It, it Like, this, this is the sort of... You're, okay, so in the genres episode that we just released, I, I described cosmic horror as being a very wet genre. This
2: is a very wet kind of horror. <laughs> oh, it's wet all right. Uh-huh. Extremely wet.
3: Yeah, because of the sex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's, it's uh, another case of the separation between the parasites and their hyper-individualism and the humans with their sociality because you know they ask so what are you going to do with the baby? I don't know, see if I can make it into a puppet and if I can't I'll probably just eat it. And Shinichi is rightly horrified about that. And Ryoka's like, okay, so we can yeah we can maybe work with Shinichi on this. We can make him at least amenable enough to this uh, delineation of territories. Meanwhile, A is like, no, kill all threats.
1: When uh, Ryoko's dealing with uh, Shinichi, and it, it is it is worth noting that she refers to both Shinichi and Miji as equal partners, which is something that's different from her and Mr. A. Uh, she says to both of them, look, we can fight. If we do, you will lose. All three of us know that. Mm-hmm. That said... There's a very good chance, nice certainty, that you will injure me if that happens, and I don't want that. So, I won't kill you, you won't hurt me, we'll just coexist. There is no
2: negotiation here, it's either that or I kill you. (laughs) Love how midway through this meeting, A just gets up and like, I'm done, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because
0: his mindset is kill all threats. He, he doesn't want to have this sort of mutually assured destruction relationship with Shinichi and Migi. He wants to eliminate everything that could possibly kill him. Which and does wonder why he was okay being around Ryuko. Probably because he realized that she was more powerful than him.
2: Yeah, that's true. Like, Ryoko Ryuk- is, um... She's very much in control... A seems to genuinely have a concern with uh, Shinichi's brain being alive. He mm. he doesn't have a problem trusting another parasite. He has a problem trusting Shinichi. Yeah, because
0: he knows that Ryuko knows she's stronger than him. So as long as he toes the line, there's not going to be a problem. But Shinichi has already exp- has already displayed, you know, volatile human emotions. And that's not a risk he can take. The idea of being
1: exposed as a parasite by mm-hmm. Shinichi also does come up a lot. Uh, it's something that it's something that Miji has like actively and aggressively uh, been working to prevent. But Miji's just there trying to mend
2: fences, going yeah. Like... A, you need to understand. I understand humans are volatile and emotional, but I'm trying to get this boy laid, and hopefully that will solve things.
0: (laughs) If I can just get him to sow his wild oats, he will
2: be (laughs) amenable. You, you've done it. You know the deal. (laughs) Uh, It is funny how often that comes up. Actually, that's a legitimate
0: question. The parasites are separate beings that removed the brain. Do they... Do they experience the endorphin rush of sex? Pro- probably not. <laughs> probably probably no, not.
3: Right? It's probably just a means of reproduction, of do the thing. Yeah,
0: well, but we know we know that the parasites themselves do not
2: reproduce. It it just produces another human. So well, that I, was that was Ryoko's curiosity. Yeah. The parasites also don't feel emotions, period. Mm-hmm. Like they they lack the capability for them entirely. Which comes up later with um, Shinichi and the whole thing he goes through when we get Mm -hmm. there. But I I think it's pretty clear within the text that the parasites are so foreign, they do not experience emotion. Like, Mm -hmm. they have a survival instinct, but that's about it.
0: It, Man, it's almost like it's symbolic that the cases they
2: floated down in look like viruses.
3: I think that was was indeed intended to be
2: Mm. symbolic. But you see, you think they are the virus, but I posit that it might be humanity that is the virus. That is Uh. not a new notion.
0: (laughs) You're not special. Okay, R, I'm 14 and this is deep. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, uh, we uh, cut to the next day at school where A has gone uh, full shooter and has just barged in with the intent of taking down Shinichi and anyone in his way. He doesn't want
1: to get exposed as a parasite, so he launches his face blades at a bunch of teachers, most of whom escape. <laughs> Mr. A is not very smart.
2: This is mentioned multiple times. Yeah, so yeah. he, he does he's not hungry, so he doesn't kill them. But like <laughs> mm-hmm. See, there's also
0: um and he's relying an awful lot on the fact that because he took over the head, he can morph the face into a different shape. Which you know, it's like the the lunar exalt thing of oh, it doesn't matter how uh, how much I
2: you, chaos I cause in this form, I can just wear a different one and be scot free. But also, that means that when he's punching people, he's using weak human organs and weak human bones, mm-hmm. which we kind of got showed with Ryoko. Had this whole like subplot where she like assaults a train groper. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, a train groper like yeah. You know, uh does the groping thing and she (laughs) bodily hurls him out of the uh subway she's like huh that dislocated the shoulder Hmm. okay so weaknesses of
2: the of the female form okay shoulder back in place i do appreciate the manga has these like side stories that are just completely separate that Mm -hmm. do little other than having like ah yes here's a cool creepy story that gives you like a tiny piece of world building at the end of each Mm. it's just fun it breaks up the pacing and like
0: yeah uh it's really cool because it gives you like more of an idea because the mincemeat murders uh it's just a blanket term to show the parasites you know being in the world and as the story goes on the mincemeat murders become less and less of a public consciousness thing as Less and less of them are happening, presumably because all across the world, stories like Shinichi's are playing out of parasites, realizing that if they make too much of a fuss, they get found out and killed.
1: Or at the very least have to defend themselves from a bunch of new threats.
0: Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it it leads to this uh, neat dynamic between the monsters and uh, human monsters in this regard as... Uh the train groper, like days later, uh, because he he's a petty little man child who can't stand his pride being impugned upon, uh, goes to attack Ryoko. Again, thinking it's just a normal human woman. Uh he's like acts scared as he's going to like cave her head in with a crowbar or whatever he's got. And of course the parasite is like, no, I'm just gonna kill you now. And he gets bisected in like 30 different places. And it's um It's the situation of, like, you know, predators coming up against other predators that is more of an even fight when it's parasite on parasite, but less so when it's a human who doesn't know what they're getting into and immediately dives into the deep end and gets murked for it. Yeah, and,
1: you know, it it just occurred to me now, but there's one other thing that, like, I sort of thought about. Ryuko didn't have to point out the train groper shenanigans in the first place.
3: Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm.
1: if nothing else that kind of drew attention to her it's like she seems by far the most complex and dare I say human like of the parasites because Mm -hmm. like she was annoyed by the guy's antics
2: that's an emotion he was also going to touch her so there was Mm -hmm. some that's why she noticed him was the kind of self-preservation instinct Mm -hmm. she didn't need to make a show of it (laughs) she didn't need to like publicly admonish him but I'm not 100% sure if that's intended to be morality or if that's intended to be she doesn't understand human conventions. Well, So I, she she's trying so to avoid murder. That could be the thing of, like, a sort of
0: accidental why not both, because it's, you know, self-defense against an enemy, uh, and it ends up being, oh, in human society there are these... Uh, pathetic little man children that do bad things to people and you should defend yourself against them and so like in the pure the strong survive you know kill or be killed mindset of the parasite accidentally ends up doing something that blends with human society because we know she doesn't fully understand the sexual dynamics of human society as shown by the fact that as soon as the rest of the teachers at the school find out she's pregnant they're like how dare you well you can't even tell us the father's name rada rada rada
2: we're being very uh, i I loved this scene because it was just like i normally congratulate you on being a new mother but you're not even going to tell us who the husband your non-existent husband is you hussy (laughs) you're fired
0: we're (laughs) we're being very patriarchal and she's like this this is stupid this is just okay whatever i
2: don't have time for this i'm leaving (laughs) I quit yeah. being Ryoko. What? <laughs> what? I quit this. She just nopes <laughs> out of life. She's just like, I quit. Uh-huh. Oh, your I quit job? God. No, I quit being this person. What does that, that is, mean? That is. I'm done. Yes.
3: I, <laughs> I just quit.
2: I
0: envy that. I want that. <laughs> what does that mean? It means you're not going to question it, and if you pursue me, you're going to die.
1: Yeah, but like this is another one where like I can't help but feel like there's an air of annoyance to that she has to do this, mm-hmm. which again kind of makes her feel a little bit more complex. And again, saying human is probably the wrong way of putting it because it's not that much. But what she do doesn't like going like parti- and quitting of 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 like people's reaction to her in particular. Um you know it, it it's one of the it's one of the, those ones where it feels to me like it's setting her apart from other parasites.
0: It's like by trying to integrate into human society, Ryoko needs to suddenly care about the preconceptions and comfort levels of other people- even if she doesn't actually care if she's making other people uncomfortable. making making others uncomfortable causes ripples in society which draws attention to her as an outsider which could reveal her as a parasite which could get her killed yes
3: and as a human we understand this this is why we have peer and social pressures
0: it that yeah that's instinctive for us because we've always known it but for these aliens they need to learn it they, they need to learn it rapidly or die
3: yes And, unfortunately, there's not a lot of time for them to rationalize and ask, like, why? Mm Because a lot of it is irrational, but it exists, and you have to be aware of it.
0: It's irrational because it's human emotion, and then it's like... Well,
3: well, then explain human emotion. What causes...
2: No, you you don't understand. Ryoko just needs to be made incredibly irrational and also caring for another individual.
3: Yes. Now, knowing this
2: manga... (laughs) It's probably going to be because she's getting pumped up with pregnancy hormones and then doesn't know how to pr- how to process all this. But the brain is the brain of the
0: parasite is so separate from that. Mother's so, love. <laughs> it it,
1: it, it <laughs> I don't think the manga is going there but if it did that would certainly be interesting. I'm, I'm I'm just calling it if
2: it goes that direction that's the explanation.
0: It would be interesting to see these completely like a emotional hyper individual parasite monsters suddenly by the fact that they have latched themselves onto social beings be chemically forced into sociality, <laughs> yeah. but yes, uh, in in the school assault bit, um, the. Students are evacuating, and Miki is like, okay, this is good. Yes, we can hide in the crowd, and there's a wall of other people between us and A, so we can uh, we have an extreme tactical advantage. Wait, a wall of people between us and him? That means you're considering all these other people as acceptable, acceptable losses and sacrifices. Y- yes, that's literally what I am saying. Uh, Shinichi, where are you going? Shinichi, no, we need them to be a meat shield. But what if I use desks as a shield instead? That's stupid! That's stupid and won't work, but <laughs> I
1: can't really control your legs, so I guess we're doing this now. Here, have a desk leg,
2: uh, spike. I really liked that. I, d- I don't know why, that- that- that just kinda... Well, cause, yeah, that comes from Shinichi going, Hey, at this- it, we're, we still have a numbers advantage It's two against one, and that causes little parasite brain to go, Hmm. No, you're right you do think there are two of us. Which means A might think there are two of us as well. Have a spear. Rad. (laughs) Yes. Well, actually, the thing
1: that Miji uh, realizes is is that A does not acknowledge uh, Shinichi Shinichi. as a threat.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, though, is that it, it is Miji is like, it is actually two against one. So we can take advantage of the fact that a is gonna think this is gonna be a one on one fight he's gonna think that he's gonna be wrong and it's gonna get him killed and lo and behold, it does
0: as uh the parasites engage in their rad epic anime battle of their flesh solidifying into like blades and clashing against one another, which allows Shinichi to creep closer closer, closer, and stake through the heart actually Matt, you're right the vampire uh allegory goes deeper
2: than I suspected. <laughs> I I stand humbly corrected. Yeah, these two are very much vampire considering this arc also ends with Shinichi's like closing thing to Ryoko is just like, hey, you know, my parasite just lives off human blood. You could probably just live off blood too. No, that sounds stupid. I'm gonna do my own thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the um cause, cause like it's pointed
0: out several times that the parasites who took over a brain specifically cannibalize other members of the host species and that's exemplified by the dog which eats other dogs Mm -hmm. meanwhile Migi is completely content on subsuming off of the nutrients in Shinichi's bloodstream, Shinichi just needs to consume more
3: yeah, also has to be balanced because he is very perceptive to whether or not he is eating his vegetables or not
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is a plot point? (laughs) <laughs> you know, Shinichi, you should eat out less. The meals that your mother made were very balanced. You should try that. <coughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, back with the <laughs> back with the actual battle with Mr. A, because we're not quite done with it. The um uh after getting staked, uh the sort of important bit is uh Shinichi's like, yeah, we won! And Miji's like, no, we didn't. He's still going to try to kill us. <laughs> Even though he's dying. And uh, Shinichi congratulations,
0: doesn't... Congratulations, you pierced the heart. The body isn't dead
1: yet. Shinichi doesn't have the guts to, you know, finish the job as it were. Which makes sense. He is a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mr. A, it, uh, it seems like he's going to escape. He's going to uh, Ryuko, who
2: I think blows him up with a chemistry lab bomb. I'm also not sure what happened there. <laughs> yeah. That one's a little... uh... She's, like, faking her death in the chemistry lab because they say a teacher died, and Mm -hmm. A wasn't a teacher, so...
3: Yeah, well, she was serious when she said she quit. Mm -hmm.
2: But I'm not sure that's what happened. It's just kind of yeah because i
3: thought i thought the dead because i thought it was
2: two dead teachers and there were two teachers that got sliced up well they make it clear that he didn't actually kill the people he sliced because he wasn't trying to mm-hmm.
0: but, yeah you know, yeah they were just because in the, way. the parasites only kill when it's a threat or prey and they weren't a threat and he wasn't hungry
2: yeah a, a was a was super animal in his kind of deal, because he was just like, if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat. I just get rid of threats. Yeah, and then um, the uh,
1: the sort of uh, coda to all of this is a conversation between Ryoko and mostly Shinichi and It's a lot of stuff that we've already covered, but I think the one important bit that we haven't mentioned yet is that uh, Ryoko specifically uh, calls out when Shinichi's like, why don't you uh, just like live on blood without killing people? That's a thing you can do. She says, uh, uh, I'm sure your parasite uh, sensed it too. When I took over this host, given the command to uh, kill all members of the species, Mm -hmm. and that's when she
0: just kind of leaves. And that's and that's the real complicating factor, because so much of what the parasites have expressed is just like this pure animalistic desire. But suddenly they've got a higher command.
2: Yeah, she does. She posits pretty explicitly. I think all animals that aren't human, God tells them exactly what to do, mm-hmm. because her entire like thesis statement is flies don't need to be taught how to fly. Fish don't need to be taught how to swim. I didn't need to be taught how to kill humans. Mm-hmm. Also, we all speak Japanese. And
0: mm. and Migi experiences shame for not taking over Shinichi's brain. Like that's the thing we say the we say the parasites have no emotions, but Migi feels shame, which is a Does very he
2: feel shame or failure. He's,
0: he
1: says shame a lot and he's always berating himself for not
0: taking over shinichi's brain other parasites berate him and call
2: him a failure he's getting peer pressured i I guess i'm just saying that's not necessarily an emotion so much as yeah i might be anthropomorphizing too much because shame does exist yeah I guess it is an emotion, yeah.
1: shame is a social construct it's but, it's but designed... it's not the same
2: thing as getting pumped full of endorphins.
0: like I mean that's true I, too again that's what that's what that's one of the complex and interesting things about this manga. What is the line between animal emotion and social construct? It's super blurry mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's that's what I was gonna uh point out is that like the whole point of this is to you know find that line in the sand that quite frankly probably doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I think again I mentioned like Shinichi's personality changing at least in part because uh he's trying to act more like the normal human Shinichi uh because he's trying to find that line and it doesn't exist. You know, in in looking for it, you know, he's he's you know changing where he places himself on that spectrum.
2: The definition of the group creates the other. Shinichi's also got another problem in that he's genuinely questioning his own humanity. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Because he did go through some changes, and uh what we get with Ryoko actually for her closing scene is really something that uh Shinichi's not aware of, but is kind of his through line for the next bit of Ryoko's home and is like packing her stuff to go like dip and find a new life somewhere when a knock on the door and it's opened and it's her mom or it's the body real mom.
1: the real Ryoko's mom
2: the original body yeah mm-hmm. and she's like okay well I can fool her I'm very good I'm well thing and the mom takes two seconds hears one sentence in response turns looks her in the eyes and go you're not my daughter who are you well time to go murdering and <laughs> <laughs> kills the hell out of the mom and it's like how that human wasn't anything special how did she know which is then echoed at the end of that chapter i believe i might be misremembering it's definitely close by where we get shinichi's mom is wondering what's going on with her son who's being this weird teenage like boy i say weird he's doing teenage boy stuff um and just goes (laughs) that's not my son meanwhile dad being top tier dad is just like look sometimes (laughs) a boy just wants to lock himself in his bedroom and when you barge in you get yelled at because he was jacking it (laughs) i do like that scene you're legitimately right
0: there's that coolish effect of like uh ryoko's the original ryoko's mother recognizing the alienness of the parasite and shinichi's mother recognizing uh that shinichi is acting differently and like the dad is acting like nothing's wrong but that can be that can be read as uh the social construct machismo being like ah you know boys will be boys don't don't get in his way just let him sort it out himself
2: well the dad is more like he is in high school I would expect some change from him at this point. Yeah. The dad is very willingly to justify what's happening with, no, he should be more on his own. He should be more of an adult. He should be jacking it real hard. He's (laughs) a growing boy. He needs his space.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it is sort of interesting because we know weird shenanigans are happening. But from an outside observer, there is that element of this is all... Totally justifiable by a teenage boy being a teenage boy, you know, and that element of, you know, the mom knows.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll get back into more of these teenage antics and the fun times. Uh, we are about halfway through our reading, so we're gonna take a nice little short break here and come back to what happens when you leave a teenage boy home alone for a month. Ooh. <laughs> we'll be back after this.
0: Brother, no, brother. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our protagonists. They had just finished dealing with the violent intrusion of A upon their territory, because all of this is couched within the uh, the, the sort of National Geographic uh, idea of uh, predators fighting each other. After this uh, intense battle where Ryoko has wandered off, uh, off to go meld into some other part of human society and presumably give birth to that child and then murder it, probably. Uh, Shinichi is stuck with an... Uh, we enter a bit
2: of a, a lowered action part of the arc. Oh, I was going to say a sitcom plot because literally <laughs> his parents say, hey, we've never gone on a vacation before, so we're going to be leave- leaving for a month. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs>
3: They also deserve it. Their their honeymoon was a mess.
0: Descending action. That's the word I'm looking for. Because um it's it's a lot of Shinichi questioning his humanity after that confrontation. And yes, also the setup of the Everybody Loves Raymond plot line of the <laughs> of the parents being like, We haven't been on a vacation in the entire time you've been alive, so uh bye. <laughs>
2: Wait, I'm sorry. Everybody Loves Raymond had a plot line where they leave their very young children alone at home. That was the first sitcom I thought of. Okay. I just plucked one out of my ass. I was about to say, everybody loves Raymond. The kids were like six at best. Like, (laughs) Marie, we got to leave the kids alone at home. I don't know. Three's a crowd. (laughs) We got to go to the beach so we can bone. (laughs) <laughs> i love lucy <laughs> <What>? <laughs> they, they didn't have kids and i love oh they had little ricky that's right yeah they didn't have kids and i love lucy because of standards and practices uh, reminder that i love lucy was actually
0: a very transgressive show in the amount of uh, ways it broke standards and practices it was pretty cool uh, in a like meta sense but i loved who- that show it was really good, but we're not. This isn't an I Love Lucy podcast. This is a manga podcast. and You uh, should do
2: an I Love Lucy podcast. How many episodes yeah. of I Love Lucy are there? A it's lot? It's like 200. A lot. Number 180.
3: I was about right.
0: <laughs> Jake was about right. A- anyway, back to Parasite. Uh, Shinichi is understandably very against this idea of his parents going out and about when there's the murders happening?
3: That, by the way, both the parents are very aware of. So it's really questionable why this doesn't spark any, like, concern in their brains either.
2: Nah, it's fine. Those only happen in cities. People only get murdered in the city. We're going to the countryside. By the countryside, I mean the beach. (laughs) But I mean...
0: Kind of, sort of, not really, because one of the things we haven't really mentioned is that there's been a lot of like skipped time in this. Like, it's been about a year since. uh
2: Miki... No, a month. I thought since the school, but since the school happens. Oh like... no, no, that... si- since the since the inciting incident, it's been yeah,
0: several it's... months.
1: Yeah, no, you're right.
0: And like the mincemeat murders have done that thing where, you know, you hear about a tragedy long enough that it just sort of blends into the background radiation of your life. And so they don't think about it that much.
2: Look, I find it very unbelievable that if there was some kind of deadly epidemic of murders happening and people were dropping daily from it, and just a small thing like staying in your home could prevent it, that they wouldn't just do that. This is very unbelievable, especially based on my personal experience.
0: I was going to make a Ukrainian war joke, but yours was better. Shinichi is initially extremely against this idea for obvious reasons, but Migi- Because
1: as he he is continually pointing out in his own internal strife, I am the only one I know who has any
2: idea what's actually happening. I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I don't care enough to warn anyone on any severe level, but it does. I feel bad about it because he doesn't
0: want to get institutionalized because what's he going to do say that his right hand is taken over by an alien and well
1: more so than that if uh if he does go to the authorities and the authorities try to take uh um miji off miji has many times threatened to take shinichi, uh shinichi with him mm-hmm. so like it's not it's not even really a matter of apathy or even really cowardice it's like base survival instinct and even a bit of uh more than just that because shinichi is like i have this power i can protect them if i know where they are because miji can sense other parasites if one comes around i can know to be near my parents to keep them safe
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and also girl in the other class i care about keeping safe but not enough to learn her name Well, not enough for us to learn her name anyway. He knows her name. Yeah, I'm sure he does, probably. But Miki makes the point that,
0: you know, if they are going to a less densely populated area, the idea of them running into a parasite becomes much less probable. So, like, really, what's the issue?
1: The issue is we're in a manga where the plot needs to happen.
0: Yeah, but I, yeah, but I'm an alien who doesn't
2: understand social constructs, let alone story, so. I was about to say, the manga becomes very slice of life for these chapters, too. Like, Mm -hmm. there's an entire chapter uh, immediately after this fight when he tells his parents, go ahead, go on your vacation, where he's just like, hmm, you know what? My parasite fell asleep, so I'm gonna go, oh, hey, that's a kid from my school. That's interrupting my whole internal monologue about how (laughs) defending others is an inherently human trait because it doesn't make any sense to waste effort not preserving your own life. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, because uh, like I said earlier, Shinichi becomes very obsessed with the idea of proving who he is both as a human and as an individual by acting against the expectations of people the, the expressed expectations of others. Uh, in, in this case, specifically Migi saying it doesn't make s- uh, altruistic actions don't make sense. Self-sacrifice does not make sense.
2: Why would you risk yourself for another being? I get why you would do it for that girl, because she is hot. No, Migi doesn't even understand sacrificing oneself for a mate. You can just find another mate. Yes, say that, but even Miki's just like, that girl, pretty top tier. You can (laughs) definitely not find another two girls equally as qualified to her within a short period of time. Impossible. 100% impossible.
0: The point being that Shinichi uh, sees a fight happening. He goes and is like, hey, what's going on? And sees one of his classmates getting beaten up by a bunch of uh, high schoolers from another school. And he's and they're like, go away. And he's like, You're right, I will go away. Wait a minute. Running away for self-preservation reasons is what a heartless monster like Migi would do. I'm going to go and uh needlessly sacrifice myself because I need to prove that I'm a human.
2: And like this is a very Shonen plotline, but I love the internal monologue we get in this entire time. Isn't, like, he's doing this out of some, some internal, like, building courage. It's legitimately fear that he's not a human. So he mm-hmm. needs to prove it by going against his instinct of self-preservation. Yeah, and that and that's what's so cool about it.
1: Yeah, this is what I was sort of referring to in... in... In him trying to uh, find the line in the sand where the animal stops and the human begins, he starts changing his own personality. It's not necessarily that he has a parasite, it's that he's actively thinking about things that should be reflexive.
0: Mm -hmm. Because again, the in-group is defined by the other, and suddenly having the other, the parasite, attached to him makes him think really really hard about what it is to be a human and he has to start drawing those hard lines in the sand and so he goes back and he gets (laughs) kicked out of him for it and the only thing that saves him from basically being hospitalized is the girl who's kind of the gang leader here from the other high school
2: is like huh he's got that dog in him so she's she's not the gang leader (laughs) The gang leader is her current boyfriend, mm-hmm. but is totally that... whipped into. See,
0: that's why I described her as the gang leader. Gotcha.
1: because She's the one in control is the important mm-hmm. bit. Because control you are is right. another important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, control is another important
2: element of the story. Mm-hmm. Also, I got mildly confused because her hairstyle is very similar to Ryoko's. It oh, my. Is. Yes, it is. And I thought, I, I thought it was her and she was just disguising herself as a high schooler. But then I'm like, that's not how the parasites work. They can only change their faces. Mm-hmm.
0: And she's acting like she's never seen Shinichi before. Yeah. So it's like just in, a quick in
1: internal monologues, she doesn't know him. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, she's like, huh, this kid, he's got that dog in him.
2: <laughs> mm, he is a high value male.
0: She well, she basically almost literally says that because because like she's talking with her boyfriend, the nominal gang leader later. And it's like, oh, what, you've you've become interested in that guy. She's like, no, I like my men to have a little animal in him, but he's almost entirely animal. Because something we haven't mentioned is that there's there are these like panels where the parasites are expressing a lot of killing intent. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, they
2: are shown to project this aura of, like, a predatory animal. Well, it's, it's introduced in one of those side stories I was mentioning earlier, where mm-hmm. this this one gets really melodramatic to the point it's kind of funny. Um, Again, 80s. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the narrator to this is just like, a lion has escaped the zoo. The people are running, not understanding that this is the lesser of the two beasts they would see today. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I love the narration box, because it's so National Geographic.
2: <laughs> and then we get the internal monologue of the lion going like, I was raised as a pet, but I am an animal, so I know only to kill.
0: Ah, this is what my claws and things were for. The lion thing as it tears a man's
2: face off. Oh, nope, this guy's a parasite. He is as strong. I, I cannot fight him. He is too much. Wait, no, I'm a lion. I've got claws and teeth. I have I was raised in captivity, so I don't know to trust my instincts. I'm going to jump. Oh, no, nope, my face got blundered off. Mhm. Then but, the crowd uh, just going like, "What did 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 he throw a grenade at that lion's head?" Yep. <laughs> that is all my uh fragile understanding of reality will allow me to accept. <laughs> uh, but that's I, where I, we I will... the, the whole yep. thing of the parasites have this like animal instinct behind them
0: yeah yeah this killer aura and it's kind uh, of bugged me that the
1: lion uh escaped from the zoo uh didn't just go right
2: back to its cage like a real lion would but 80s melodrama yeah. i also don't understand how the lion escaped what did the lion escape from the zoo just by accident then was that just a coincidence yeah
0: it must the have li- the lion escaped from the zoo because it was dramatically
2: appropriate
0: okay. yeah but uh shinichi expresses this killing intent that uh the gang leader girl uh sees as this massive praying mantis like scythes coming for her neck Mm -hmm.
2: and she's like no he's too much the beast but it's kind of hot i (laughs) love the boyfriend's reaction to like in panel he's just like that doesn't That doesn't sound like you're not into him. That sounds like the opposite (laughs) of the answer I wanted to that question. (laughs) You you see, you keep saying you're not into him, but you keep saying he's got that dog in him. You literally just said that you love tough guys, but that guy was too tough. He was too much of a man. (laughs) I don't believe you.
0: I'm going to kidnap his girlfriend now.
3: Yep. He's not Uh. a threat. Look the other way.
1: This is also where we get the uh, the second of the three women who debatably fill the same role. The The big difference for her is the idea that she's uh, coming from a place where she doesn't know anything about him. Like, she thinks she understands him, but doesn't really.
3: She ever really thinks she understands him. That's why she constantly like, follows him around. It's just like, ooh, what are you up to now? I'm,
2: I'm attracted to your predatory aura. It gets it gets kind of explained later that she's got some like latent ESP or something. Oh uh-huh. yeah, like she's a psychic, quote unquote. Well, she can sense parasites. Yeah, she
0: senses the parasites, but like not as powerfully as Miki can. But yeah, they, they kind of just hand wave that, to be honest. So there's a there's actually
1: there's actually two kind of funny moments that I can't help but notice. One is in the lion chapter, where the the first victim of the lion is a guy in a business suit who turns around, sees the lion, and says, Is that a real lion? Basically, in that tone, before getting obliterated, uh, which sort of goes to the point of that chapter from the human perspective that people try to rationalize things. And then the thing uh about you know our current topic with this new character, uh Migi is like, maybe she's supernatural. And Shinichi's like, that's silly. Supernatural things don't exist. Parasite that exists is my right hand now. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is it so unreasonable that, he could, that, that she could possibly have some kind of, uh, you know, mental power when the parasites already have overtly supernatural abilities? He doesn't want to comprehend the, the uh, implications of it. He doesn't want to mentally go there.
2: To be fair, all of his knowledge comes from human books. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's got like alien knowledge. So that's yeah. probably why he's just like ESP isn't a thing. I can, yeah. the things I can do, I'm going to acknowledge as real, but everything else I've learned from humans. It's sort
0: of an object lesson for migi of like, this is why sociality is a good thing. Because, you know, the jealous gang leader boyfriend does kidnap what's her face and starts beating the <laughs> out of uh, Shinichi uh in order to prove his machismo and uh just when it looks like Shinichi's about to either need either get you know his entire pockets are in or need to go full fatal parasite mode in order to get out of the situation the guy he saved in the opening act of this little mini arc shows up with a whole bunch of other dudes And they just
2: start wailing on these other guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. To to be fair, he doesn't actually save that guy. (laughs) They just both get beat up. Yeah, but that that creates a sort of like bond
0: between them, a sort of like blood brothers thing. Yeah, but it also could be he's just getting revenge. (laughs) Uh Well, he is just uh, getting revenge, but the, the ambiguousness of that is kind of the point because Izumi I I think no Izumi is Shinichi's last name it's it's another i name <laughs> but the guy that uh Shinichi was nominally going to save is like uh here's my here's my like payback for what you did or I I don't remember the exact phrasing but he he does kind of acknowledge what Shinichi had originally did as they go and beat the crap out of these other guys yeah, and like he
1: says point. he says I'm doing this to get revenge but I'm also paying you back Mm-hmm. But don't so point- think too much of it. Almost like,
2: yeah.
0: you
1: know, me thinks uh, he doth protest too much. Like, like he's obviously doing someone a solid, because not for nothing, but the fact that Shinichi caught some of that beating did save several,
0: you know, punches from him. Saved him a few teeth, Yeah. And Miji's like well they're better they're better animals than you are they They showed up with numbers, <laughs> but yeah, that's the- what Miji takes away from all of this, but it's this thing of like helping others encourages them to help you, which Inclusive goes to again- get fitness." which goes against the sort of hyper individualistic
2: tendencies of the parasites the scene immediately after this fight is one of my favorite scenes in the entire reading, (laughs) because shinichi is just like hey girl i really wish we looked up this girl's name uh the the love interest he goes hey uh my parents are at home you want to come over and she's like yeah, sure. You you did look like you got beaten up pretty bad. Everywhere except your right arm, which looks completely fine. That's kind of weird. Uh, and then we cut to them sitting on the couch. Oh my it's, God, it's, Yes, it's, it's real awkward. And we see Shinichi, who clearly, Miji's been letting him know what the power play is from those podcasts he's been listening to. Goes <laughs> like, well, well, looks like it's already 5.30. You want to just spend the night? And she's like, no. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I love that so much <laughs> so you wanna say that I nope, I'm like buddy, yeah, I do five thirty p m is overplaying your hand. that's not <laughs> the move i do I do like Shinichi's
1: reaction to that basically being well, he's come. he's go, I guess <laughs> like he he doesn't <laughs> oh,
2: even really oh. like he's not that broken up about it there yeah he he is laying on his bed going like looks like it's just me and my right hand tonight.
0: Oh, well, that has a different meaning now. <laughs> the, just a just a pink song starts playing,
2: <laughs> and Miki is right. Yes, it is just you and me. You failed in seducing that woman. Don't worry, I can look up more. There is this great book called The Art of Seduction. <laughs> uh. I don't, I don't know why I've made Migi just like real internet <laughs> in, alt-right, but it, in so yeah.
1: It is funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, boy, uh, uh, this whole uh, like slice of life bent uh, to Parasite. Uh, it's, it's a good thing. It, it stays like that for the rest of our reading and nothing bad happens.
0: Hey, do you want, do you want something bad to happen? Oh, something bad's going to happen. All right. I I do really like this because I I, I find this to be very efficient, like sci-fi horror world building, because it manages to weave in like tragedy for the main character with explaining something about the monster. As we start getting one of those side stories, you know, we've had a dozen of them at this point. Uh, following a parasite who has taken over the head of a young woman riding in a car and the narration box in classic jojo style is like the goal of this man is to have sex with this woman the goal of this parasite is to eat him is the- really i shouldn't say that considering how many jokes we've made and we'll continue
2: to make <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh the parasite it legitimately does not understand what seatbelts are and in explaining what a seatbelt is uh the the, the dri- idiot
1: driver manages to drive off of a
0: cliff this man's so stupid
2: one of his opening lines of seduction is man cars sure are fast huh <laughs> I I love this guy because he has a great reaction to her not knowing how to put a seatbelt on, and he's just like, I can do it for you, but oh, geez, what have I done? This girl's so stupid, she can't put a seatbelt on. I might be doing a crime right now. (laughs) Oh, no, there's the guide rail. There's There's a gap in the guide rail that he goes over.
0: Yeah, which makes me think this was a very unsafe road.
3: Yes, it looks like a really twisty and turny too.
0: Actually winding twisty turny road on the side with on the side of a mountain in Japan with a uh with a hole in it. I definitely feel like this is in the fate universe. I think that's where Saber went and used the uh the Excalibur. That one point in Fate
2: State. Stay at night. I'll I'll stop.
1: <laughs> I don't believe you.
2: I don't believe there's a character called that. Called Saber? Yep.
3: Oh, I fully believe that. They're edge edgelords.
0: There's
2: 12!
0: Saber, Saber of Red, Saber Red, Saber of
2: Black. <laughs> if you'd like to listen to Sam name more anime characters, you can download our Patreon episode. Sam names things. Only $9.99 a month, everybody.
0: So, the parasite has gone through the window because it doesn't understand what seatbelts are now is uh, stuck with the terrible situation of, oh no, the flesh that I am uh, attached to is dying. Well, that guy who wore his seatbelt is alive. I guess I'll just take his head and subsume his body. Oh no, the physical differences between the sexes is more than I'm used to. So like, I don't know how to control this male form and I need to take over a female body oh hey look there's a lovely middle-aged couple on a cliff over there so yes um the parasite takes over the male body and gets as far as um as like hitchhiking onto like an oil tanker before it's like oh wait the organs in the like pelvis area are entirely different i don't know how to control the the bladder i have pissed myself and been kicked out of this truck i need to find a female form because
2: i'm more comfortable with that one
3: (laughs) escalated so quickly (laughs) but yes
2: I, i do appreciate that the main complaint is i don't know how to control the genitals (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's it's literally he wired his brain to control muscle groups and Mm -hmm. the parasites can't redo that so he's just like if they do not have those muscles in that location i cannot control it and also the body's rejecting him too so Mm -hmm. also he had to like raise his voice or the parasite had to raise their voice because they still had a feminine tone because mm-hmm. the head was still that woman's head.
0: And so after being kicked out of that truck, it's like, I need to find a female form. Oh, look, that nice middle-aged
2: couple on a cliff. Well, we actually, that, that happens, there's a gap, and in that gap is literally just Miji going like, hmm, you are eating like crap, Shinichi. I sure do miss your mom. Your mom made very nutritious meals, which are better for your body don't worry mom will be home tomorrow and then i'm done eating meat. i can't believe the final day before my mom comes home i'm actually <laughs> learning how to cook but don't <laughs> worry this is the last time i have to be self-sufficient <laughs> <laughs> oh and i'm one day from retirement <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey they lay it on thick <laughs>
2: they lay it on <laughs> so thick
1: what was that about that 80s melodrama <laughs>
0: one of the things that i really like just as another like little contrast between uh the parasites and the humans is miki is like yes that meal was very good i am getting so many nutrients from your blood and shinichi's like yeah but it tasted horrible because i don't know how to cook but i guess that doesn't matter to you huh he does actually mention that
1: uh because he's attached he knows what shinichi is thinking like at least in the broad strokes uh, he, he does actually note that uh, uh, mom's cooking is also tasty in addition to being nutritious. You should just do that and stop failing at cooking. <laughs> I
0: don't know why you simply do not succeed. Yes. Yeah. Not- yes, but uh, unfortunately, all this wholesome shenaniganery is cut short as we have uh, the classic horror panel of the monster. Uh, leaping in to attack the innocent victim. The parasite going to attack Shinichi's mother. And then, uh, cut into that is uh, Shinichi receiving a call from his father at a payphone saying that they aren't
2: coming home. The monster. Your mother. She. I was about to say, yeah, this is a lot more melodramatic. It's Shinichi is luckily home (laughs) as... The yep. dad called Shinichi before anyone else that he witnessed a murder.
0: Oh, it's, well,
2: it's so Friday the
0: 13th.
3: Well, it's not just that he witnessed a murder. He doesn't want to tell the cops because he knows the cops are going to tell him that he's crazy.
2: He has no problem telling the cops later, though. At at which point the cops do tell him he's crazy.
3: Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I think he wanted to like tell his son first, or at least try to, because he does a pretty crappy job that just turns into like... Did he, I think he meant this, but I don't know, possibly, maybe, and then,
0: yeah. I, again, this man is going through the tragedy of watching his wife be murdered, and then the only thing he can think of is, I need to tell somebody who can understand, of course, our son.
2: And then the line disconnects, he gets hit by a car, and then is dumped in the ocean? No,
0: I think I think the timeline is this happens after he was dumped in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Oh, that so he he fell off the cliff into the ocean. Yeah, that's yep.
1: how
3: he escaped.
1: Okay, and then he washed up on a beach, got to the payphone, called Sh- uh, Shinichi, and after he ran out of change because from uh blood loss he was delirious he walked out into the street and i don't think he actually got hit by a by the car I think no it-
3: they swerve and them. they're like hey i almost hit you and then they realized oh crap you're injured probably should oh,
0: well- call the hospital oh you've got a massive gash in your back yeah that's pretty cool that like from shoulder to hip you are you're you're bleeding profusely but uh, Shinichi is left in this spiraling state of despair and anxiety, which, same. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. As uh, he uh, skips school, is uh, waiting to receive word from his father, at which point you're reminded that this is a manga from the 80s because cell phones do not exist, and Migi begins warning him of an approaching parasite, at which point the door opens because the creature had a key and the silhouette of his mother appears in the hallway. Oh, this is a brutal scene. (laughs) This scene is so brutal. And I, God, the anime was so effective with this. And, you know, a lot of times in these episodes where we talk about manga that have been translated into anime, you know, we make these comparisons. I think it's equally effective the like horror of it the brutality uh between the anime and the manga of shinichi is in the hallway and he is confronted with this silhouette that in every respect is his mother the woman who raised him and despite everything she's saying which is as cold and unfeeling as the parasites he he's simply saying mom quit kidding around we need to help dad something's going wrong migi is telling him shinichi you don't understand that's not your mother that's a parasite we need to fight right now and shinichi is so obsessed with this idea of no it has to be my mom he is holding a knife with his left hand and is saying if you do anything to hurt her i will cut you off and like actually slicing into his own arm with that knife He's out of his mind with grief and denial. And this tableau of horror lasts long enough for the parasite to go, Ah, so that man didn't make it back yet. I guess I'll need to go back for him. But I should eliminate you first. And stabs Shinichi through the heart.
1: I mean, for nothing, this is the kind of series that could theoretically get away with killing its main character.
0: Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. I would entirely believe, you know, Shinichi
2: dies and Miki takes over the body. I I could see both of them dying and we, like, come and up we... with Ryoko or, like, the girl. Like, they've set up so many side characters to this whole, like, net that... Or another failed
1: parasite that's that's attached to the, you know... A different that body did, part. That, that's not attached to the brain of the, of the victim.
2: Or a completely different location on the other side of the planet. Like some kind of penguin village.
0: We have the parasite, you know, stabbing Shinichi through the heart and leaving the scene. And Migi is like, okay, I've got minutes to live. And he's got minutes before brain damage sets in.
2: Gotta figure quickly. Yeah. And then he does. And by quickly, we mean three days.
3: Well, no, it, it he does make some, like, emergency, like, procedures and everything. It takes, like, three days for, I think, you know, Sui, uh, Shinichi to regain consciousness.
0: Yeah. This is such an insane comparison. But this reminded me a lot of the Artemis 5. Uh, the Artemis Fowl Files, book three.
2: That's very specific. It is an incredibly insane comparison, you're right. <laughs> because one of the
0: key, like, act one pivotal plot points of that was main character dies. How do we save them before brain death sets in? Uh, Migi replaces Shinichi's, like, actual physical heart and with his weird like mr Fantastic's stretchy powers is able to use the like pantry baking sugar and water to get enough glucose into the body for shinichi to live long enough for the body to reconstitute the heart so it can start pumping
1: so what you're saying is this uh otherworldly monster became the main character's heart
3: yeah yes. what does the- that sound a lot like <laughs>
1: Don't open yeah. the door, Shinichi. <laughs> yeah, Yes, the metaphor is slapping you in the face. But yeah, uh, eventually um, uh, Shinichi is able to pick himself up. And uh, well, I'm never going to be any more than 300 meters away from my dad until that thing is dead.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. there, there's a chunk of time where he tries to talk to Miji afterwards. And I legit thought they'd killed the parasite Mm. and he was going to be alone. Same. And then he kind of just pops back in and they don't really make a big deal of he's awake now. But I think
1: there's a there's an element of um, like there's that there's a level of tension for the audience because PG isn't exactly that endearing a character, but he is
2: important. You know, so so you care about him on that level. I mean, yeah, you you would think Miji, real lovable guy, then you find out what he listens to, <laughs> and you're like, oh no, ah, uh, my fellow Sigma males. The sort of thing that I think,
1: once you find out that Miji has just been there the whole time and nothing's really changed that, but like like there's strictly speaking a change, but nothing's really changed like character dynamic wise. Is it really goes to show how used to everything uh uh Shinichi has gotten it, like before, just going out in public every every now and again, Miji would just do a thing and create problems and create a a, a small little dose of chaos, you know hey, Shinichi over...
0: cock hand
1: uh whereas what? now, like Shinichi's on a mission, and the little parasite in his hand isn't going to you know distract him or set him off track. It's just a normal thing now, Mm -hmm. you know, which owes to I know one of the uh, the chapter uh, titles and it it wasn't it wasn't at this point, but it was around this point where one of the chapter
0: titles was Symbiosis, Mm -hmm. which, Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously. Because Migi has made it expressly clear that the only reason he cares for Shinichi's life is because he is intimately tied to Shinichi's life.
2: Shinichi dies, so to see. There's a really good uh, illustration of that when Shinichi's just like, hey, Migi, thanks, you really saved my life there. And the response is not, you're welcome. It's, I guess that's technically true insofar that my life is your life. So it's just him (laughs) saying, I saved my own life, but cool. But yeah,
0: uh, Shinichi goes on this voyage to go uh to the remote beachside town his parents were at so he can be at the hospital for his dad uh he meets with this random high school girl on the way and this is the third of the three (laughs) interchangeable
2: love interests i love this scene on the bus because this is so 80s (laughs) this is the
0: most 80s thing ever because
2: this this junior high school girl is cutting class to go shopping Except her teachers are on the bus and they're allowed to be. And they walk up to her and they're like, wait a second. I know this girl. You're supposed to be in school. What are you doing being a little hussy going out shopping? She's like, what? No, I'm going to check your backpack. No, stop being. And then he just slaps her a couple of times and goes like, that's what you get. And Shinichi's response to this is not anger. She was just assaulted. It's, hey, don't touch my bag. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just like, whoa, that look in
3: his eyes. He was really gonna kill me over touching his back.
1: And Shinichi is now able to summon the killing intent on command. It's almost like Shinichi's heart has been replaced by an alien monster. <laughs> yeah, and um, as we get to this uh this third sort of like female presence in Shinichi's life, the thing that I can't help but notice is She's demonstrably different from the other two, because whilst there is a level of romantic tension between them, there's a there's a distinct sense of uh being at arm's length. She doesn't really know anything about Shinichi, and truth be told, while there's a level of curiosity she's not she doesn't actively seek out getting to know him better. He's almost more of a curiosity.
0: There's a distinct there's a distinct dynamic of like farmer's
2: daughter and wandering swordsman. Did um did anyone get the vibe with this whole arc that it felt kind of like retcons the bad word but it's like the fact that it changes scenery Shinichi says bye to his like love interest with I'll be back maybe um, and the whole thing with hey by the way your powers work differently now and now you have a weakness. It felt like it's just starting over, kind of. I don't know if I'd say right, con, I
0: definitely felt like... Okay, how many of you have read The Wheel of Time?
2: Nope. I only read good books.
0: I'll leave you to be uh, slaughtered by the uh, fantasy book masses, Matt. But there's this section...
2: Oh no, those nerds are going to come out of their basement. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's this section in the wheel of time where the main party gets broken up and uh, like they're off doing their own individual adventures in like the main character and other guy Lancer, uh, they are basically making their living, going town to town, being bards, you know, playing in taverns for their, for their bed uh, fare, And There's this whole thing of, like, them attracting farm girls, or the main character attracting farm girls, because main character gets the girl. And I kind of felt the same thing in this, because I don't remember this girl's name either. I think it was, like, (laughs) Mikoro? Mika. That was her nickname, Mika. Uh, Mika is very intrigued by shinichi it's it's very ambiguous whether or not she's romantically attracted to him but she's enticed by him in some way because he's a mysterious loner bad boy and so it had that sort of like fantasy uh, that like a high fantasy adventure vibe of wandering hero encounters the naive farm girl
2: they do set it up really funnily with um, them having this meet cute, And she's just like, that guy was really interesting. In fact, hmm. do I have a thing for him? Don't know. And then he goes to his dad in the hospital. And there is a whole thing about how the dad has been convinced by people that um, his wife didn't die because in the most sane thing possible, the owner of the hotel they were staying at saw her come back from the walk alone, spend the night, then leave in the morning with none of the luggage. And the police rightfully go, hey, you have a life insurance policy. Um, We're pretty sure what happened here. Mm -hmm. And,
0: And that's the insidious thing because the dad is like, no, you don't understand. My wife is murdered by a monster... Sir, we have corroborating evidence of your wife's presence after the so-called murder, and we have a reasonable motive, and you're still alive. And, and this just kind of sounds like a psychotic break. Like, you got a lot of head injuries during this. Are you, sh- are you sure this wasn't a delusion? Your,
2: your wife tries to kill you on your second honeymoon? I understand you don't want to deal with reality anymore. And like fair, but um, regardless, he's, he's bought into that narrative because the alternative is being institutionalized and his son comes, visits him. And the entire time he's just like, Hey, so mom's not dead. And he's just like, your mom's not dead. Do you believe that dad? No, but no. I'm going to say I do.
0: Okay. I'm not leaving a 300 meter radius around
1: you. Well, there there's also the factor of uh, he doesn't want to comprehend the reality of the situation. Like, forget about getting institutionalized. He doesn't want the mental and emotional strain of accepting reality at this point. Yeah, I, I
2: was about to say, the dad probably wouldn't be... It wouldn't be wrong to maybe get him some mental health at the moment, because uh, he's very disconnected from reality. Because he's constantly telling his son, like, hey, you should go to the beach. Enjoy your vacation. Mm. Why? Because, Why would I do that? <laughs> because what are you
0: going to do? Except that your wife got her head removed by an alien monster and then subsumed by that
2: thing. So her corpse is walking around. Well, there's the fun bit where he, his dad says, Hey. Don't sleep in the hospital. That's insane. Go find a hotel. It's the off-season. I'm sure you'll be able to find a place, no problem. Shinichi literally asks every single hotel in town. Well, specifically
1: he asks every uh, hotel within a 300 meter radius. But still it's still a lot. It's still, it's still, it's still a lot.
0: Because that's Miki's radar.
1: Yeah. It's still a lot and it's still comical and melodramatic that all of them happen to have
2: no vacancies. And even more comical, in that there is one vacancy at this small, like, family run-in. And the mom is just like, oh, well, he looks like a runaway. Better help him out. And then her daughter comes in. It's like, hey, you're the hot guy from the bus. And she's like, oh, no, I've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Did I mention that my parents have a place near the hospital? Wait, hold, hold on. No, 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 no. I'm not renting a room to a high school boy for my junior high daughter
3: possibly go wrong i'm just saying you guys are dirty
1: oh i also like the running joke where uh the the uh the grandpa is is convinced (laughs) that shinichi is
0: a yakuza he's a yakuza
3: doing some errands for your boss huh Uh,
0: oh i don't know what you're talking about old man (laughs) no i legitimately don't know what you're talking about
2: But yeah, Shinichi's running sentry duty, and then one day it, well, not one day, literally the next day, he gets a ping that there is a, what you call it?
0: Parasite. Parasite.
2: Well, they're not all parasites is the problem. It's it's literally just him. And as we find out, this guy, because Shinichi runs off to go investigate, where a new girl also wants to go run to the beach with him, because she's just like, hey, yeah, I'm going to hang out with this guy, because completely platonic they're definitely not anything there uh oh boy i i bought a gift for my
1: senpai who promptly rejected it it's a good thing i have this completely platonic friendship with
2: you i just want yeah i'm just also letting you know i am into older men so it's just like nope he literally runs away from that at <laughs> <laughs> at mock speed
0: again farm girl and fantasy hero but with his new extreme superpowers. I I really love this, because Shinichi takes off, like, Usain Bolt, and she's going after him, like, no, wait, you're gonna run into the seawall! Oh, there's a seawall here. Miki, how close are they? They are within, like, 100 meters. Okay. See, you, you need to go to the left to get around the wall, and, oh, you just jumped over the wall. You just standing high jumped over
1: this, like, four or five meter tall wall <laughs>
0: standing high jump the other parasite is within 50 meters
2: oh wait that doesn't look like my mom that actually just looks like a kind of overweight guy no no no
0: hold on I'm, I'm, we are actually another parasite like you that shut up let me have control of the mouth we're another parasite like uh, uh, what he said
2: this was some Looney Tunes nonsense, and I was not here for it. Like, <laughs> I, okay, I know you say you're not here for it,
0: Matt, but I love this guy.
2: <laughs> I I was the tone just suddenly becomes. We met a new friend, and isn't he wacky? Yes, I love I love <sighs> uh I I guess it was mainly the whole thing where they made such a big deal about how Migi now has like four hours. He's constantly asleep and he's actually slightly weaker now because he's only 70% of his body mass. He He's so asleep that he cannot wake he, up. He,
0: he, he can't wake up. Even his radar does not work.
2: So they, they do this long list of like weaknesses for him. And then immediately there's just another parasite who doesn't have those weaknesses. Who's now, on their side. And I'm like, gold. Learned his speech
0: from the TV kind of guy, you know? Yeah, uh, we ha- we are introduced to Uda-san. A- a, um... How many of y'all watch have uh, listened to the Magnus Archives?
2: Nope. I only I- listen to good things, Sam.
0: <laughs> so this is Martin from the Magnus Archives. Kind of got the same situation that Shinichi did. Uh, he did try to go out like <laughs> But he was like, you know what, going out like America is is kind of hard. So I'm just gonna sit on this cliff and contemplate life. What the what that snake? Oh, no, ah! I'm being attacked. It's in my like
2: throat, yep. and the and the parasite took over like his jaw and like most of his packs. Miji's there listening to the story, going like. Mm. Women are like that. She's just like I don't. I don't think that's what he was going on about at all. Anyway,
0: it's it's nice to have another guy kind of like me. So, will you help me hunt down the thing that killed and subsumed my mom? Sure. He's surprisingly on board with those. I
1: shouldn't say surprisingly. They they make a point of this character. The, uh, Uta uh, san is very much a extremely empathetic person.
0: Like like he he's,
3: Tremant, He doesn't even know why he's crying most of the time.
0: He's an extremely empathetic person, and it's pointed out that Uda and Shinichi are like the only two guys in the entire world that they're aware of who can understand each other. They resolve to work together, and then a couple more days pass, and then then, uh, Shinichi randomly receives a call on the telephone from Uda like, I sense another parasite coming close, I I gotta run! And then Migi's like, I'm going to sleep now. Why are you going to sleep now?!
1: Here, have a uh, genuine katana from them all. I'm going to turn your hand into a sword now. Good night. Uh, and then it, it turns into a shonen manga.
2: <laughs> I love Shinichi's reaction to after Miji goes to sleep. He's just like, I'm not 100% sure my hand being a sword is all that useful. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point where I'll know there is,
1: like, a, a a bit of a natural separation here from what came before. And I think the reason... the What I took away from it is... The entire manga up to this point, up to, you know, before uh, Shinichi's mom died... He's constantly fretting over the idea of if he's not himself anymore. After what happened... ...to his mother, and, like, he accepts what happened to his mother. Shinichi actually has changed. And the sort of sequestered feel of this section of the story... ...to me is emblematic of... ...there is a change here. Because, despite the fact that Shinichi is like... ...I am completely underqualified for this, I'm gonna die. Well, nothing to do but try... And he has a sick sword fight with the w- with the parasite. uh Miji is telling him, "Don't fight now. you can use Utasan as a distraction. He'll die, but you won't like like you fighting right now doesn't make sense. And Shinichi isn't saying it to convince himself that he's human. He just reflexively is like, "No, Utasan's relying on me. I gotta go do this now. You gotta work with me." I can't have sword, <laughs> you know. Like that's that's a different uh, Shinichi than the one that we've encountered. Like that we've had up to this point. New Shinichi, new environment, sort of builds this separation for his character.
2: Yeah, and the fight's also pretty cool.
1: The fight yeah. is cool. Yeah, no, it uh, it's it's just turns into a shonen manga for the last
2: like two chapters. Oh, it, it, oh, the ending is super shonen too because. um, Uda-san had been like ganked earlier in the fight, and you're like, "Oh well, I guess he's dead because he's the, dead." As heck. Because the mom is just like, "Hey, I learned that I don't know what parasites can do, so I'm just gonna stab everyone through the heart. That's a hundred percent kill rate." Meanwhile, Shinichi's going like, "Hey, uh, I actually learned early on stabbing someone through the heart doesn't instantly kill him, but uh, it's fine." <laughs> 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 also, I lived.
0: <laughs> actually stabbing someone through the heart surprisingly not that effective what What do you mean you're still alive oh hold on how can you can fight me uh, so effectively you're just a human and it's like actually I'm not I got my parasite hand and maybe also like parasite blood uh, well now I must use my secret technique to
2: defeat you I've been decapitated I hate it when that happens wait you. I didn't do that and Uta's just like I was alive the entire time because my parasites in my neck that also extends down to my heart and it moved my heart to dodge the thing and I'm like, see Demon Slayer this is how you should have done it.
0: (laughs) You beat me to the
2: joke! Damnation, you're
0: right though.
2: (laughs) But uh, Uda Uda comes in like the hero he is going like, I couldn't let a son kill his mother. Cool buddy. Cool, cool beans, yeah. and I'm just like it's really cool, but it's also real like cotton candy, you know, uh-huh. like, yeah,
3: which it, is kind of like who who he is, yeah,
2: I know, but like in this manga it it feels all the sweeter, <laughs> like we've been eating grilled vegetables this entire time, and then it's just like, here's some cotton candy for this fight, yeah. thanks,, uh,
3: you needed it, yeah.
2: I I, I liked the message.
1: Mm.
0: And so Shinichi and his dad uh, check out of the hospital and they go to the cliff where the mother was killed and Shinichi passes out because, all right, I've been operating on nothing but
2: adrenaline for the past fortnight. I, uh," I, I do like the thing he says to his dad. It's just like, hey, in that dream you had about mom, did she die peacefully? And he's just like, it was instant. And he's like, cool. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to sleep.
3: And he goes, falls asleep like baby.
2: Yeah. And then the dad's just like, I literally just got released from the hospital from blood loss. How am I carrying my near adult son? <laughs> <laughs> or we hiked up to a hill. Like this is not an easy trek back. Boy, it's a good thing that the scene just faded
1: to black. So we don't have to address that question. The end
0: oh
3: <laughs> uh, yeah that was parasite everyone
0: that was in fact parasite so let's start with the seminal questions of favorite character and favorite fight I, I i think my favorite character has to be migi mostly because migi serves a lot of the purpose of the theme of this manga of like, I've said it several times by now, but uh, the group is defined by the other. So Miki, as the alien monster, def- helps define what humanity is. But at the same time, Miki is so wibbly-wobbly that the line he draws in the sand is just as wibbly-wobbly. And it makes this very interesting uh, exploration of character in a individual and broad sense so yeah miki's my favorite character for that reason and um the fight with mr a just because <laughs> i i really like the shonen nonsense of yes i will fight him and that means he will not pay attention to you so you can stab him instead that that's kind of a mixture of shonen nonsense and horror bullshit and i'm a Promoted fan of both of those, so yeah. Uh Jacob,
1: how about you? So I'm not gonna lie, the the characters didn't pop out to me as much as they usually do, mostly because a lot of the characters are basically vehicles for theme. The big exception to that I would say is Ryuko. So she's certainly the character I find the most interesting. Um there's a lot I like about Shinichi, uh, particularly in the latter half when he has his character turn like there was no character i really disliked per se like i thought that they were all really good in their roles but um, because they were very much vehicles for ideas more than they were people uh ryuko's complexity was the one that stood out by far the most to me and favorite fight is probably gonna shock nobody at all but it's the big final battle at the end because that was some shonen nonsense and i'm about it
0: (laughs) uh matt how about you favorite character and favorite fight
2: um, over the course of this recording, I'd say Miji, but I don't think that's really respective of the character itself. It's more I just like doing the voice. Um, <laughs> I think I'd, if I had to actually pick Shinichi's dad, but again, also just because I like doing the voice of Shinichi, my, my son's a grown man. You got to leave him alone to do stuff. Shinichi's <laughs> dad is an 80s dad. <laughs> He's an 80s dad to the point of it being detrimental to his personal safety. <laughs> and um uh favorite fight. I think we didn't actually even mention this, but it's the first fight against a parasite in a human body. Cause I love that fight because that parasite literally starts going like, well, just gonna cut off my right arm to start the yeah. fight. <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh that parasite was not smart. No, nope. No, he wasn't. Nope. And Jay.
3: Well, pretty much all the good ones are taken, so I really don't have that much to add. Um Though, I'll just comment on the things that were fun for me. So, favorite character. I would have to say similar to Jake. Um, Ryoko is also one of my favorites just because she was relatively complex and just, I want to quit being this person is just (laughs) ultimate. A
0: mood and a half.
3: Yes. I just love it.
1: (laughs) I want that power
3: yeah it's like i'm done done (laughs) out bye (laughs) um favorite fight um so to be fair the fight that matt mentioned was actually one of the under one of the ones that fell under the radar but i just found it like so perplexing for the reason stated. Um, so most fun fight, I would have to say. I want to say the fight between Shinichi and his mom, if you want to call it that. Um, that kind of really touched me in a deeper level because it was like the, the obvious conflict. Um,
2: oh, the first one?
3: Yes, With, the first the, one. The
2: Naruto flashback to yes. Shinichi's yeah. childhood trauma?
3: Yes. Yeah, in, in the, the hallway. Just, yes. Yes. That that one. Um so that was yes
2: because his mom's so so good she stopped a pot of boiling water or boiling oil i think yeah Yeah. oil
3: i'm just saying that's the same thing for my boy um
2: does not notice her own skin is actively frying
3: i'm just saying like that's this is like totoro totoroki energy mom energy
2: (laughs) those are two very different moms they are very different
3: moms (laughs)
2: They do both involve burning things.
3: It's a dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait, isn't the mom dead in Totoro?
3: No. She's okay. in a, she's in institutionalized because she did that.
2: Totoroki from I, I said Totoro from my neighbor Totoro, because that's what you said. No, we're talking right, about Todoroki from My Hero Academia. Yeah,
3: Todoroki is just my
2: nickname for him. Nope. Yep. I. I. Yeah. We. We all were saying the same thing. You said both of them. So
3: <laughs> I was referring yes. to the
2: first thing you mentioned. I'm not. We're not talking about the fat
3: owl
0: monster. That's later. You know. Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, let's see. So. This is absolutely a uh, personal discussion question for me because I just wanted to rant a little bit. But uh, thoughts on the meditation of humanity versus animals. And I had not interacted with Parasite in like a decade. So I hadn't thought about this too much. But re- but reading this after watching the anime long ago. Uh, it. It showed me uh, something pretty interesting, because what this manga does, in my, in my opinion, is it does that whole, uh, you think you're 14 and this is deep. You can boil humanity down to just one thing of how we're no different from our savage ancestors, right? And it sees, you know, it sees that kind of sophomoric attitude, and it goes, all right, prove it. Here you go. Here's humanity in all of their extremely complex, multi layered bulk. Here's 5,000 years of societal buildup and sediment. Here's the various subdivisions of mankind across continents and oceans and land masses and everything that has separated people into different and unique uh, societies. Tell me now how we can be made so simply into savage beasts. And I really appreciate the manga for posing that question so th- thoroughly for forcing you to think about what actually is the difference between man and beast and actually having to answer well yes but actually no i mean i'll i'll go next um this is
1: something that was definitely set up particularly in the first chapter but is also something that the idea of like humanity being a threat to nature didn't really come up in our reading outside of that chapter but and just from the way it framed it as like this is a character who is having these opinions and this is not the story itself narrating the truth this idea that humanity is a is a disease it goes back to that thing that everyone forgets when they try to adapt miyazaki stuff Humans are part of nature, too. We evolved on this planet as a part of its system. The fact that we've had such an outsized effect on it is weird. And we definitely need to be more responsible as a species. We need to use this big brain of ours that has allowed us to uh, radically reshape the planet at a fundamental level to do that in a way that won't cause a catastrophic ecosystem collapse globally but at the same time we're still animals too we have power and we have rationale and that is an element that separates you know it's like there's also like the matter of empathy but like one of the fun things that um parasite does is is it sort of like yeah but empathy is inclusive fitness that's an animal instinct too you know mm-hmm. and it sort of plays with that it's like what is i'm trying to survive and that's why i'm helping you versus i'm helping you because i feel an obligation to you personally i don't gain anything for it you know it's not it's not um it's not it's not the selfish gene in, uh that creates the um empathy it's empathy it's 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 the human mind that creates the empathy Because, like,
0: there's the moment where Shinichi is reacting in disgust to the news of the Binsmeat murders, and Miki's like, why are you disgusted? And he's like, because human life is precious. Is it? Is human life precious, or is your life precious? And then later on, Shinichi is confronted with violence against another human, a human he's familiar with, a classmate. And he feels the need to step in partially to prove his humanity, but also partially because of empathy and that that again toes that blurry line of "Are you empathetic to people that you are familiar with? How far does your familiarity stretch? How far do you stretch the in-group? What do you consider to be members of your own uh society or tribe or pact or whatever?" And the one
1: that I can't help but think of is the uh, the penultimate act of empathy in our reading of Shinichi going to help Uta-san because, mm-hmm. strictly speaking, the tactical move would be to sacrifice him for the sake of... Because it's like, strategically speaking, even from the perspective of what Uta might want, you know, like, obviously he doesn't want to die, and, you know, but, like it makes sense not to fight from a place of weakness you can come back and win the day later if you come if you stay away now and come back stronger and like uta is working to kill this parasite so strictly speaking he would be at least semi unwillingly sacrificing himself but it would be for the cause that he set out to do but shinichi doesn't care and it really doesn't come off like he's protecting an ally it seems like he's protecting a person who who he cares about, you know, who he's, who he's come to care about in, Mm -hmm. in such a short time. Um, you know, and again, you know, like that idea of the idea that was sort of like, seems to be the inciting incident. And that I, I, I do hope that Parasite will get into more as the story goes on this idea that people aren't a virus on the planet, or at the very least, you know, like viruses are a natural thing. You know, like, however, whatever metaphor you try to belabor, at the end of the day, people are still a natural being on this planet. We're not an invasive species. Mm -hmm.
2: Then why didn't God tell them something in their head when they were born, Jacob? The points don't connect. Maybe it's
0: because the god the parasites follow is an artificial being born of the world like humans. Then how come the lion heard it? It could be an alien. I, I think it's an alien sent in a, a
2: bioweapon.
0: It it's probably an alien.
2: So I have read this really interesting book about this uh, at one point. I have a theory. The lion may indeed be god.
3: Okay, Matt. And
2: when his head was dissolved, he was yep. actually transported to an alternate dimension, mm-hmm. mirroring England. <laughs> From there, an evil <laughs> witch <laughs> cursed the land into an eternal winter. So, Jay, your thoughts on the matter?
3: <laughs> um, I think I've I've pretty much touched on my thoughts. I just think, in a sense, it kind of touches on the tried and true. Oh no, humanity! Or or the poison or the invader or not the invader, but there are a sickness on the planet. And now there's this external forces trying to balance the forces a bit more. And kind of like Jacob is saying, you know, humanity is a part of nature and therefore should do that should come into account. Um, so I don't think it's really, really adding anything new to the conversation, perhaps that, you know, other works don't also touch on. Um, I, I, personally find the conversation a little bit nihilistic. Um, <laughs> and if I dare say, it, I find it a little arrogant to just assume that you're so self-important that, you know, oh no, um, I, thought, I I think I found um, this reading very humbling, um, which is kind of the worldview that I kind of have had with humanity and nature Um, Humanity is derived from nature and it is kind of striking a balance between using your rationality and, you know, intelligence to, you know, manipulate the environment, manipulate nature, but not being so arrogant to kind of assume that nature is yours to your domain and yours to control. So I just kind of liked how there were little... Um, I don't want to say knocks, but it just really caused you to question like what makes humans different from between the animals, other animals, because there are a lot of a lot of people who will like to draw the differences between humanity and animals, but also do not want to acknowledge the commonality and the fact that we are members of the animal kingdom. You are a plant or an animal. I am not a plant.
1: <laughs> well, answer. you could also you could also be a fungus.
3: Yes, or a fungus, yes. Thank you.
0: We are all fun guys.
3: Except for Matt. No, Matt's fun.
0: (laughs) 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 This
2: this podcast would not be nearly as fun without Matt. you were pretty sassy this this put me on blast I'll take this entire podcast down with me I (laughs) don't
3: I'm just saying he's pretty spicy this episode
2: (laughs) case in point (laughs) Uh, anyway not to retread any ground you guys covered uh, because I I think that's pretty clear Uh, the one thing I really like is the kind of juxtaposition Shinichi's going through of am I still human Mm-hmm. Because uh we kind of skimmed over it. Ryoko said, you're not fully human anymore. Something more has contaminated you. you and that's what's spir- Yeah. And that's what's spiraling him out of control into, oh, why don't I feel emotions the same way anymore? Why don't I why has my worldview shifted so dramatically? I'm like, because you went through a traumatic incident, but also like, Why don't I cry for the fact that my mother is dead? Yeah. Why did I feel such revulsion at a hamburger being thrown away because it was a mixture of beef and pork? Like It's something's definitely going on with him mentally that I I think it, I find a little more interesting mm. because that's that's on a more personal level. Um especially when he starts doing human things out of not wanting to be an animal as opposed mm. to <laughs> just being a person yeah,
0: yeah. it, he, it it's something de- he's being human as an act of defiance mhm
1: Uh, it's something that I meant to comment on. Uh, so thank you, Matt, for bringing up the, uh, the bits where he's, um, lamenting the fact that, uh, he's, uh, not able to cry for the tragedy he's experienced. Like he still feels the pain of loss, but he can't bring himself to cry. And he keeps lamenting. It's like, am I not human? Is that why I can't cry? And personal anecdote, you know, I, have anywhere like it obviously it wasn't the same experience. Won't get into detail, but you know, like when I dealt with loss, there were some places where it's like, I should be crying right now, but I'm not. And people different people deal with extreme emotions in different ways. And, you know, Shinichi having to accept that, you know, this is just the way that he processes grief. You know, a lot of potential for you know character stuff moving forward.
2: Well, yeah, I guess that brings us to the end. So we have the final question we normally do for this. Uh, Sam, would you continue reading Parasite?
0: Oh, absolutely. This has reminded me that uh, my habit of not keeping up with things once I become current is stupid, and I should definitely stop that. So I'm going to go consume the rest of this now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jacob, same question.
3: Um, so,
1: my cup come as a bit of a surprise, but maybe not. Um, there is one thing that I didn't really have a good place to mention it, but there were a couple of places that made me feel, like, skin-crawly uncomfortable, but largely, I didn't really find this that scary. I think it's the reason why the tone shift at the back half of this didn't really bother me, because I wasn't- I didn't really get into it the way- uh, I feel like I, I was supposed to um, you know not for lack of quality like I mentioned that the art is great and it definitely has a like air of dread to it I just it didn't vibe with me for whatever reason um, and then it descended into shonen uh, shonen nonsense and I was about it again so you know, it's one of those ones where it's like suddenly it, it it takes a sort of like a left turn into something that's like in my wheelhouse where it wasn't really connecting with me before. Um, I'm curious as to where it will go, but to me, this feels more like something that, you know, like let's do another podcast episode and force me to read it, but I probably wouldn't read it on my own.
2: Jay, uh, would you continue reading Parasite?
3: Probably not. And I say this only because... It's typically a genre that I would not go out of my way to read and choose on my own, Um, but I also have to attribute it to the fact that I was able to consume it in a relatively easy-to-digest format, so that it satisfied that itch. So, probably not.
2: Okay, and uh, Matt here. Uh, Yeah, I'd probably keep reading this. It was real easy. It went down nice and clean. It felt interesting in the ways that I like. Uh, It poses some questions that I'm not sure I have faith in it to fulfill in a, like, satisfying way. But as the, like, plot by, or as the point by point plot goes, it was enjoyable. It was a fun read. I found nothing objectable. So, you know, yeah, I'd keep reading.
0: All right. Sounds good. And uh thus brings us to the end of our reading. So thank you everybody once again for tuning into the OverMangaCast. Cast. As always, you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at Over Manga cast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Uh you can also find us on YouTube
1: where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, the episodes there are on a two-week delay, but it's a good place to catch up on our backlog. And uh, for all of our up-to-current episodes, uh, we have overmangacast.com. You can even comment there with uh, suggestions
2: of other things we could read or just however you're feeling about the about the show. And as always, we appreciate uh, recommendations and reviews in any and all forums. You can go ahead and leave us a review on Podchaser, iTunes, any place you can find it. We love having them. You can also comment on overmongacast.com. We get those sent directly to us. Or if you want to email us, uh, OverMangaCast at gmail.com. If you have a series you'd like us to read or just want to tell us we're cool. And make sure to tune in next week where we are. Uh,
0: Guys, are we supposed to be in the self-indulgence section of this next 100 episodes already? Or uh, solo leveling chapters 1 through 24. Wait,
2: uh, is this isekai nonsense?
0: I, I think so. Huzzah! I hate you all.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: At least this will describe my World of Warcraft experience. We'll see you all next Thursday
2: and good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. You see, Shinichi, I have done some research on the internet last night and you lack the key qualities of a high-value male. Final Fantasy 14 quote. According to this interview, it says you would be described as a
1: beta cuck. Look, I'm pretty sure we're done here, guys. My left leg is really hungry. I gotta go.